At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up on Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. This episode brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Half of the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 years and older. And time for California fans to get in on the action. There's no good reason why folks out there in cities such as Boston, Chicago, Portland, Phoenix, you're able to get on the list, get bet online. Meanwhile, California, you have to deal with shady bookies and you can't get in on the action. Prop 27 ensures that California finally catches up. So vote yes on Prop 27 and vote yes to some absolutely amazing content today as John Jancy does a great job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. Hey, in Philadelphia, you're able to bet online as well. He is going to be joining me and with John, we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia Phillies, the NL East race in general. We're going to be diving into some of Sunday's games and then in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways, we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNR41. Keep in mind, letters M. Name does not matter. As per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we got a lot of great action from Saturday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Anyone that had the over, a little bit of a bummer in this one because the game wound up getting called off after eight innings. So 
full game run line slash shuttles most likely wound up getting voided by your book. Sometimes the East Coast books wind up operating a little bit differently, but 8-4. to four, The Detroit Tigers get the win as it was an unlikely source of power in Gary Carpenter, who got home run number four of the season as for John Easley. A no good, very bad, awful start. Seven runs surrendered over the course of four innings. Colin Sider allows a run in an inning. From there, Anthony Bacevich, Carlos Hernandez, Amir Garrett, I'll give you a scoreless inning, but not a lot doing for the Kansas City Royals as for Detroit. Matt Manning gets the win, giving up three runs, two of which were earned, and six and a third innings. Harold Castro's 11th error of the season wound up hurting him, but Andrew Chafin, unearned run, give it up in two-thirds of an inning, so Detroit starting to get hot with the bat. Four-plus runs in each other last four road games. The Seattle Mariners, they were hot. They take down the Atlanta Braves by kind of three to one as for Atlanta. Max Fried, not a bad start. He gives up two runs in six innings. Problem is, he did wind up giving up a pair of home runs as Sam Hagerty, fifth home run in season, and, and Eugenio Suarez, home run number 28 of the season. Jesse Chavez, a loss of run in an inning, and Kirby Yates, a scoreless inning of his own end for Atlanta. Three hits in this game. Freddie Freeman by himself wound up having more for the LA Dodgers as George Kirby. One unearned run, give it up in six innings. And then Andres Munoz, Eric Swanson, Paul Sewald all deliver a scoreless inning. DK Nation pick of the over. Just did not wind up getting there. Four to one. The Colorado Rockies take down the Earths and the Diamondbacks as for Madison Bumgarner. Just his second time in his last eight starts. He allowed fewer than five runs, giving up just four in this one. Over the course of six innings as C.J. Crone took him deep. 28th home run season at Jose Ureña. His best start in a really long time. One run surrendered to five and a third innings. Justin Lawrence, one and two-thirds innings. Scoreless Carlos to seven. Daniel Bart, scoreless innings out the bullpen in for Arizona. Taylor Widener, along with Mark Melanson, both deliver a scoreless inning. The St. Louis Cardinals cover the run line. They take down the Pittsburgh Pirates by kind of 7-5 to five as Captain Jack Flaherty did not look solid in this start, giving up three runs in five innings, including a pair of home runs. Jack Swazinski, home run number 15 of the season, and Rodolfo Castro, home run number 7. You would have Jojo Romero give one up to Oniel Cruz, home run number 14 for him as Romero gives up one run in an inning, but Andre Pallotti, Giovanni Gagas, Ryan Elsley all come through with a scoreless inning at St. Louis. Puts up a three spot in the ninth inning as before that ninth inning, Albert Pools takes JT Burbaker deep. 17th home run of the season, 696 for his career. He also wound up having a double in this one as he's hitting darn near a 400 post-all-star break as you also did wind up having Brubaker give up another home run, three runs in total over the course of six innings as he was taken deep by Brendan Donovan. Home run number four of the season. Will Crow gives up the three runs in the ninth inning to cost the team the game and the money line, giving up those three runs in an inning. Robert Stevenson allows a run in an inning, and Dwayne Underwood Jr. did deliver a scoreless inning. When it came to the NL Central, the Brewers got the job done against the Cincinnati Reds, 5-1 the final for the Reds. Just nothing doing for them on offense as Adrian Hauser had given up three-plus runs in something like eight out of his last nine starts. Gives up one run in six innings. Taylor Rogers, Matt Bush, Brad Boxberger, all fire a squirrel saying, and then William Thomas takes Chase Anderson, the former Brewer deep, home run number 27 of the season, and then Andrew McCutcheon goes deep off of Joel Kunal for his 16th home run season a little bit later as Kunal gives up two runs in an inning. Ian Gabo gives up a run in an inning, and for Chase Anderson, not the best welcome back to Milwaukee for him giving up two runs over the course of four innings with the lone he gives up being the home run to William Thomas. Revere Sam Martin was able to lend a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and Fernando Cruz gets four outs out of the bullpen scoreless. The Chicago White Sox now 9-2 and 
without Dunny, the Russo, and the dugout tended to. They wanted to take it down the Oakland A's as Lance Lynn, two unearned runs given up in six innings. He's now given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last six starts. Jimmy Lambert, Jake Diekman, Jose Ruiz, all fire squirrels setting, and Elvis Andrews goes deep off of Adrian Martinez for home run number 13 of the season. Martinez allowed 14 hits in three and two-thirds innings and seven runs. You don't see that very often. Open from there wasn't terrible as Norji Ruiz was able to get four outs, scoreless out of the bullpen. Kirby seen two scoreless saying Sam Mall gets an out of the bullpen and then Domingo Tapia gives up three runs in one and two thirds innings as he ace. They go one of seven with Ben in scoring position and all of a sudden the Chicago White Sox have crept their way back into the running for the AL Central as the Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins currently locked up in a big divisional battle as the Guardians, they get the win 6-4 against the Minnesota Twins on Saturday for Cleveland. It was Amit Rosario who delivered the deep shot. Ninth home run season that comes off of Chris Archer who left after two innings giving up two runs. From there, Cole Sands who I thought there might be a shot he winds up starting on Sunday. He gives up three runs in three and a third innings. Emilio Pogagan gives up a one run in two and a third innings to Trevor McGill for outside the bullpen scoreless. And with the Twins, they did post up a four of 11 showing with men in scoring position. And that all came against the bullpen as Tristan McKenzie was solid. Seven scoreless innings, six sandlines scoreless inning. Everything came off of Brian Shaw. Four runs, three of which were earned, given up in two thirds of an inning before Emmanuel Class A cleans things up for a save. This was actually six to zero. Going into the bottom of the ninth inning. So anyone that wound up having the total in this one, thoughts and prayers to you. Anyone who wound up having the over on the flip side of a bad beat, thoughts and prayers to you on this one. As there were six runs scored in the Giants versus Cubs game after two innings. Total was seven and a half. Game dies from there. Giants get it done 5-2. to two. The finals, Logan Webb was terrific, giving up two runs over the course of seven innings. John Brebbia, Camilio Duvall, and Brebbia, he starts on Sunday. Scoreless innings out of both of those gentlemen as for the Giants, pair of home runs. Dom VR in the eighth inning goes deep off of Michael Rucker, fifth home run season, and Marcus Roman gives one up to Joey Bart, 11th home run season. First Roman gives up four runs in four innings. Michael Rucker gives up that solo home run in his inning, but John Newcomb, three scoreless innings, and then got a scoreless inning out of Jeremiah Estrada. So... That wound up being a little bit of a rough one. The New York Yankees finally woke up with their offense 10-3. They take down the Tampa Bay Rays for the Rays. They give up a six spot in the first inning. It's Corey Kluber, who had posted up a sub-buck 50 ERA in four starts against the Yankees this season. He gives up six runs, and he doesn't make it out of the first. From there, JT Chargois, one in the third innings. He gives up one run along the way. Garrett Clevenger, two scoreless innings. Brooks Raley and Tarn Armstrong both post up a squirrel inning. Kelvin Fletcher, two runs surrendered in an inning. And then Christian Bethencourt, he pitches the eighth and he gives up a home run along the way. As for the Yankees, going deep, Josh Johnson off of JT Chargois, home run number 13 of the season. And John Carlos San gets his 25th of the campaign off of the backup catcher in Bethencourt. For Jameson Tyon, was able in length. Gave up three runs in seven to third innings. Lou Trevino, pair of outs out of the bullpen. And then Jonathan Loisega fires a scoreless setting as the Yankees. They go 7 of 11 with men in scoring position. And Aaron Judge goes 3 of 4. He's about 10 points back when it comes to the AL betting average lead. And that is currently held by Xander Bogarts, who is a part of a Boston Red Sox effort that just completely dismantled the Baltimore Orioles. 17 to 4. Red Sox with a dismantling of Baltimore. It is Bogarts now hitting a 318, by the way, for them as... 
He went one of three in this game, but it was Christian Arroyo and Rafael Devers who did a lot of the damage. Devers goes deep for home run number 26 of the season off of Jordan Lyles, and then Keegan Aiken serves one up to Christian Arroyo, home run number six of the campaign. As Lyles was scratched from his last start, that was a part of that double dip against the Blue Jays due to stomach ailments, and it looks like there was something that was still ailing him. Gives up eight runs in three and two-thirds innings. Keegan Aiken from there gives up two runs in two innings. And you know, you know what? He might not be cut out for this bullpen. He gives up seven runs and got five outs. Troy Crabiel, along with Ryan McKenna, position player with McKenna, they combined for five outs without giving up a run. And Cedric Mullins was able to go deep off of Michael Waka. 14th home run season for Waka. Gets a win, giving up three runs in six innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Ryan Brazier, Edward Bazardo, both lent a scoreless inning from there. Matt Ceram gives up an unearned run in an inning. So Boston got what they needed. The Philadelphia Phillies got the win that they were coveting. They take down Washington by a count of 8-5 to five as for Washington. Eric Fetty Wap got whopped. Four runs given up in three and two-thirds innings, including a home run going deep off of him. For his first home run since coming off the injured list, Bryce Harper, 16th of the campaign, and then the floodgates open from there as Kyle Schwarber gets home run number 37 of the season, Brandon Marsh's 10th home run season, and Nick Mayton, home run number 4 of the season as he wound up having Andres Machado give up two unearned runs in an inning, including one of those homers. Jordan Weems gives up a solo home run in an inning. Corey Abbott gives up a solo home run in an inning as Steve Ciszek scores setting from him and Mason Thompson gotten out of the bullpen, but for the Nationals, they now have 5-plus runs scored in 8 out of their last 11 road games with Joey Manessis going deep. Home run number 8 of the season. Very good story. A journeyman minor leaguer, 30-year-old who is getting a shot at the big leagues. He's now hitting a 321. Got that home run off of Ranger Suarez, and for Suarez, got the win. Wasn't a great start. 6-2-thirds innings, giving up 4 runs, including that homer. Connor Brogdon out of the bullpen. Gives up a run in an inning, but Sam Croonrod, scoreless inning, and Andrew Bellotti gotten out of the bullpen. The Mets were able to regain first place in the NL East, though, because with the Braves losing and they winning, they are now up by a half a game, 11-3. The Mets take it to the Miami Marlins as Eduardo Escobar gets home run number 16 of the season off of Jeff Brigham. Andrew Nardi gives one up to Mark Hanna for his 12th home run season, and Nardi also gave one up to Francisco Lindor. Home run number 22 of the campaign as Pablo Lopez has went straight down the toilet bowl recently for the Miami Marlins. Gives up eight runs in three and two-thirds innings. And for Mr. Lopez, sort of been all over the place for him as this is the fourth time in his last eight starts in which he has allowed at least four runs. Nardi from there gives up two solo runs over the course of two and a third innings. Jeff Brigham, he allows a solo run in two innings. And Cole Solzer, scoreless inning. But for the Miami Marlins, they have now scored three runs or fewer in 31 out of their last 35 games as Carlos Carrasco was very solid. Gives up one run in six innings. You had Bryce Montes de Osa give up a run in an inning. Trevor Williams gives up a run in an inning. And then Andrew Claudio, who I still remember him from the Milwaukee Brewers having to pitch like every day. A scoreless inning. It was Koji Ihara who wound up just getting absolutely tagged for the Texas Rangers and was left out there way too long. 11-7. The Toronto Blue Jays get the win as Ihara was left out there for three plus innings. He gives up 11 runs, all of which were earned on five walks and two home runs. Going deep for the Toronto Blue Jays, it was Remy Altapia getting his sixth home run season and Danny Jansen his 12th as I have no idea why they left him out there because the bullpen actually did good from there. John King, three scoreless innings. Dennis Santana, Jonathan Hernandez, Brett Martin all on to scoreless inning and 
The Rangers got the bats going. Kevin Gosman gives up a pair of home runs as Adelise Garcia gets his 23rd home run of the season and Sam Huff, he winds up getting home run number two as Gosman gets a win. Wasn't his best performance, giving up five runs, including those two bombs in five and a third innings. Zach Pop from there, he got popped for two runs while getting just two outs. Anthony Bass, a scoreless inning, and then Adam Simberte Meza, they combine for two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, but for the Blue Jays, they just completely tattooed our good friend Iahara. The LA Dodgers, they wind up tattooing the San Diego Padres. 8-4 the final is Freddie Freeman. A 4-5 of five day in this one with 4 RBI, including his 19th home run of the season. And for Julio Arias, he winds up getting his 16th win of the season. He gives up 2 runs over the course of 7 innings. Both of them were solo bombs going deep. Manny Machado twice. 27th, 28th home runs of the season. Ethan Embry does give up 2 runs at an inning, but Phil Bickford and scoreless inning. And for Blake Snell, not a night that he would like to remember giving up five runs over the course of four innings. Bell Crisman gave up the home run to Freeman, giving up three runs in two and a third innings. And then Pierce Johnson, Chaminea, and Chaminea coming out of the bullpen, by the way. A pair of scoreless innings apiece, and then Steven Wilson, pair of outs out of the bullpen. So, had some fun for Volody there, and the LA Angels, they had Showtime be on display. Shoy Otani leads the Angels to a 6-1 win, and you know who else led the Angels? Mike Trout. Sixth straight game with a home run. That's a franchise record. 34th home run season. Clearly his back is now feeling fine once again. And that is good for baseball fans. As Shoya Otani goes five innings. Not his greatest start, but he still punched out seven, giving up six hits along the way. He gave up one run. You can tell that after 79 pitches, they wanted to make sure that nothing wound up getting hurt there as Oje Quijada, along with Jimmy Hergut, they polish off the final four innings as a duo, going scoreless there. And for the Houston Astros, Jose Arikidi, he gives up all six runs over the course of five innings, including that homer. Seth Martinez, two scoreless innings. Phil Maton, Will Smith, they both are able to lend a scoreless inning as well. And if you're taking a look at the game of baseball right now, has been very much an underseason thus far as right around 51.6 slash 51.7-ish percent of games have wound up going under the total. But would you notice on Saturdays that there were a whole bunch of overs as you wound up having, I believe, only four games wind up going under the total. There was one game in the Royals versus the Tigers in which it would have been an over, but you wound up having that wind up getting rained out, so you wound up having no official total there. But if you look overall, last 60 days in Major League Baseball, been pretty equal. 364 unders to 360 overs in the time span. Favorites have went and won 62.9% of games over the last 60 days. 479 and 283 straight up with home favorites going 291 and 162 straight up. But among those home favorites, 81 of them have not covered the run line. So that has been a little bit of a tricky ordeal. And season to date, unders hitting at a 51.5% clip. 1,012 under signer and 54 overs and overall for the season favorites. 1,249 and 817. That is 60 and a half percent to favorites. So that's what we're seeing in baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Saturday. Now let's turn it forward to Sunday and let's take a look at the NL East with our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. My chat with him is coming up next, right here on the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run. Every hit. Every inning. Every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back to Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to be joined by our guests as John Jansen does great work over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. On top of that, I know that he's doing some gaming reviews over there for a company that's based out there in the great state of Wisconsin, RP Gamer. So it's the man that has a very nice, unique skill set and covers a little bit of everything. Doing a great job. Take a look at the MLB season. And on top of that, I know that he's been doing some work in terms of the MLS soccer team that is out there in Philadelphia covering college football. The NFL is back today, so we've got a lot going on. As to be able to follow John on Twitter, that is at the letter J, and then his last name, Jansen, and then the number 34. John, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are getting to that point in the season where Phillies fans, it's the the month of September, and uh, anytime things go slightly wrong, we just go back to the last couple of seasons and go, oh no, here we go again. Yes, sir. Isn't that always the case, but Things have been going quite right for the Philadelphia Phillies. And, well, the good news for the Philadelphia Phillies is that the Washington Nationals are in town. I will say a more pesky Nationals team than 
we were expecting even just, say, two to three weeks ago. But certainly a case in which you got to expect the Philadelphia Phillies to be able to get the job done on Sunday. And for the Phillies, I think that it's very fair to say that the division is out of reach at this point. The Atlanta Braves have been playing so well, and even the New York Mets still have a rather commanding lead. But I think that we both agree the Philadelphia Phillies should still have some good playoff aspirations. And I think that that should be really the buildup at this point being able to get set for October, making sure that all these guys are healthy, the rotation is set, because for the Philadelphia Phillies, it looks like they're pretty locked into place with regards to the wild card. I think they do have the wild card. And of course, you say that, and a lot of Phillies fans just don't believe it because it's September, and you know they had that kind of streak, and it was really the West Coast trip that happened, and went, everybody went, oh my gosh, here we go again with the Phillies. They're going to blow it. They're not going to make the playoffs. But you know, with Milwaukee just not playing well, really, that was the only team that could catch them, and the Phillies looked like they have a playoff spot. And now you're right. The big thing is getting help. It's getting Zach Wheeler back, and they seem like they're being very cautious with him, not trying to bring him back too early. Uh, just getting Bryce Harper kind of back in rhythm. You know, he's back and healthy in the lineup, but he's not playing as well as he was before the injury. But you expect that, right? You expect somebody who's been off for a few months not to be 100%. So I think you're you're kind of right. It's just going into this portion of the season now where you kind of just need to get healthy and get guys in the right right mindset, right position. And I think that's where the Phillies are at the moment. Yep, I agree with you. And it's been interesting to take a look at them ever since Bryce Harper has come back because I believe that going into Saturday, Harper had yet to hit a homer, but you tell that the offense is different just because he's done a good job of being able to move the line. And that's really been the hallmark of the Philadelphia Phillies the last few weeks. The home run power has been down a little bit, but just take a look one through nine with this Phillies lineup and darn near everyone's getting on base. I think that you'd be in agreement with me that JT Remito has been one of, if not the best hitting catcher since the beginning of the month of July. Bryson Stott has been able to pick it up. Getting back Gene Segura has been helpful. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, I think with this team, something that I think is actually a positive moving forward is that they are relying a little bit less on the deep ball and they're just doing a good job of playing station to station and just moving the line in general. Yeah, it's it's a different approach because we are used to the Phillies and in those big teams that were great in the World Series years and that era, it was all the long ball. But it's a little bit different now. You got guys like Bohm and Stott and Gene Segura, all kind of line drive hitters and all kind of just in the gap hitters and not big home run hitters. So it, it is a, a bit of a different approach. Now, you do want the power to kind of you know get there and Bryce Harper's the guy to do it. Kyle Schwarber's the guy to do it and Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins, is hitting a little bit better, but he was going through a dry spell. Kyle Schwarber has been going through a dry spell, and as you mentioned, Bryce Harper really hasn't been hitting any home runs either. When those three guys get back going, I think this is a pretty complete lineup because JT Romuto, I think, really holds it together with what he does, kind of in that 4-5 spot, mostly that 5 spot that he's in. And then you got Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm holding down the bottom of the lineup. Top to bottom, it's still really good. We're not seeing that coming to fruition yet. We, we thought when Bryce Harper came back, you know, on paper again, that was the team, that was the lineup we thought was going to be potent. And we haven't seen it yet, but look, Castellanos has been hurt. And again, we just need, I think, wait a little bit more for Bryce Harper to get there. But once it does, I think this lineup can find their way. And especially the three guys I mentioned, Hoskins, Schwarber, and Harper, this lineup could be a, a sneaky one of the postseason. I hate to be talking like that because the Braves are playing extremely well. The Mets are still playing well. The Cardinals are playing well. They're going to win their division with, looks like, absolute ease now. 
know, so there are some really good teams in the National League, but I still love what I see on paper with the Phillies lineup. It's just finally getting it together and and having all those guys play well at the same time together. And you didn't even mention the LA Dodgers who entered into Saturday. 18 games up on the San Diego Padres in their division as well. Absolutely crazy to think as John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, is joining me on the podcast. And let's take a look at the outlook of the National League. And let's take a look at just that East race first because Philly's 11 games back going into Saturday. It's just far-fetched that they're going to be able to make that run. But the Mets and the Braves, they're at within a half a game of each other. The Mets seem to have a little bit of an easier schedule. But even with the easier schedule, I think that the Braves are still going to be able to hold on. And I take a look at the Braves, and I don't know if I could set them as quite favorites against the LA Dodgers, but I do think that against the Dodgers, to pick them series at this point, as we know the Braves, they got it done against the Dodgers in 2021 and 2020. The Dodgers were able to erase that deficit in the NLCS. But I think that, once again, coming down to it, I could very easily see it be a Braves versus Dodgers series in the National League Championship. And with the Atlanta Braves, I really like what I'm seeing out of the team. I think the only question is, what do you wind up doing? Maybe towards that number five spot. They've had a couple guys wind up flaming out this season. You wind up having a rough season for someone like an Ian Anderson. Bryce Elder, you were maybe hoping for a little bit more from a Jake Odorizzi. That's still a little bit of a touch-and-go situation, but you still got four really good starters with the Atlanta Braves and a bullpen that I think is relatively underrated, too. Yeah, I mean, they're a great team, Greg, and they continue to find so many ways. And every time the Braves, like this season coming in, I was looking at them, you know, maybe they lost a little bit too much. That World Series hangover, they won it last year, and they were coming in with some injuries. Obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't come back until a few months into the season, all of that. But then you don't expect guys like Michael Harris to come up and play extremely well the way he did. And a guy like Spencer Strider to come and play that well in his rookie season. You know, the Braves just continue to, like the Astros, like the Rays, just restock, reload, and do it all again. And I was kind of pushing it off. You know, this Braves team's going to cool down. They're going to cool down. No way they keep it up. Just don't know how much I can fight it. I still want to and say the Mets, you know, can eventually get this back together win the division, but I just don't know, Greg. It's hard to push back against what the Braves are doing because and no matter how much I wanted to say they couldn't get back to the National League Championship game and get back to the World Series, uh, at this point, you're right. They have the look of that team again. Whatever I thought they lost in the offseason, they just make up for it in other ways with guys that I didn't expect it. And with the Mets as well, the little bit of a knock that I can have on them is that you just don't know if these guys are going to be able to stay healthy or not. Max Scherzer is currently on the injured list. Jacob DeGrom, you always fear that with every start, he winds up just wind up getting a little bit of an injury. And he's been tremendous when he's been out there, but at the same time, you can't bank on him necessarily being healthy throughout the entirety of the postseason. And that's exactly what the Mets need, because if you do have a healthy Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, no question, this is a team that they can go to the World Series and perhaps win the World Series. But I think that those are really big question marks to have and something that does need to be factored in the equation of if you're looking at futures right now and whether or not you do take a shot on the Mets. Yeah, and that's that's the hard part with the Mets is because we look at one specific thing with them. And look, their lineup's been fine. I'm not going to say their lineup's been terrible. You know, the last couple of weeks haven't been really good. I'm looking at the last 14 days over on Fangrass and they have an on-base, a WOBA of .305 and a run created at 48. You know, not good. They're They're kind of in like that bottom third of the league. You know, not great numbers, but I think you're right. Mostly it's the pitching because that's what we look at. Every time I talk about the Mets, it's, oh, I I think the lineup's going to take them to the World Series. No, it's 
Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are their number one and number two, and you have Chris Bass behind them in three, but Max Scherzer is on the IL. Jacob DeGrom, as you just said, we know at any point, Ken, and who knows how healthy he is going to be in the postseason. So what is this kind of ace card that the Mets have is really fragile, and I think that's being shown over and over again this season. They were able to get through it for most of the year, but Let's just say they lost the division probably because of it, because they weren't fully healthy in their starting rotation, which is supposed to be, again, that big strength. I think you're right. As much as I love that starting rotation, and if it's healthy, I think it can get them to a postseason. This just seems like another Mets starting rotation that's just going to end up being too unhealthy to make it into the playoffs or make it deeper into the playoffs. I do agree with you. I do think that when it comes to Mets, just a lot of question marks, and I could see it if everything winds up coming together, them being able to make that deep run in the postseason. But there are a lot of ifs, and as you know, if ifs were fifths, we would all be drunk. And, well, (laughs) that would be a very interesting time as you're ready to be on the podcast. We do have our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, and John. Obviously, the postseason is coming our way within the next few weeks, but we have a great Sunday baseball. It's one that is going to go very, very far under the radar because – there's going to be a lot of people tuned into NFL Red Zone. There's going to be a lot of people making and losing a lot of money when it comes to the NFL. But I still think that it is a relatively solid slate that we do have for Sunday. Now, I think that avoiding the Phillies money line at right around minus $3 would probably be wise. If you're taking a look at anything, take a look at like a run line or maybe a plus 250 on Hannibal Sanchez, who surprisingly Nationals have won each out of his last six starts. I don't know what form of sorcery is being pulled here, but... They win every time Annabelle Sanchez winds up taking the mound. It's been relatively impressive with them. But in terms of what you're taking a look at for Sunday, is there anything that is really catching your eye right now, whether it be a game that you're looking to bet on or just a game that in general you think is going to be big for the postseason race? Yeah, a game looking to bet on. And I know the, the Rays just lost on Saturday 10-3, to but how can you not continue to want to want to look at the, the Rays or any team that's taking on the Yankees? I just find that line to be, and even if it doesn't hit all the time, you know, you're getting such good plus money. Why not take a chance on it? I think that's where I'm at with the Yankees now. I'm just going to continue to bet against them because if I'm going to get plus money on it, I might as well keep taking it because odds are I'm going to end up in the green because of it. But matchup I'm interested in, how about the Braves and Mariners? You know, we're talking about the Braves as one of the best teams in the National League, but the Mariners have been maybe the best team in the second half so far. I think that's a fascinating series, and I think a good good barometer of what Seattle really is. It seems like they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, Baltimore's still playing well. I'm not saying they're playing bad, still playing well. They're four games back, so I don't know if they're going to make it. And the, the team behind them, Chicago, six and a half games back. So it looks like Seattle is going to have a playoff spot. But I think I, I do have a question of, you know, how good is that team? The rest of the American League looks pretty good. Toronto does. Tampa Bay does. Seattle came in with high expectations. That didn't happen early on. And I think they were kind of written off. So they got back in the picture. And I'm just curious how far back into the picture have they really gotten? I'm fascinated by that game. I do think that it's going to be an interesting one, and to your point with the New York Yankees, if Aaron Judge isn't hitting homers, aside from what we wound up seeing on Saturday, this team just isn't winning in general. It's been very interesting to take a look at the pitching because the pitching has actually been halfway decent, but at the same time, guys not named Aaron Judge have been all sorts of banged up, so that has been a little bit of an issue. What is never an issue, though, is getting great content from you, John. You do great work over there in the great city of Philadelphia, and on top of that, I know you're covering a little bit of everything. You do a great job day in and day out with the baseball card. But on top of that, football season is back in our lives. I believe that you had a mutual play with myself. I don't do a lot of college football, but 
I thought that Marshall was being a little bit undervalued on Saturday. They were able to come through, so that was absolutely terrific. And I know you're doing some gaming reviews as well, so let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you got going on in general. Yeah, you can check out RP Gamer is the website that I do some reviews for, but also check me out. Fox PHL Gambler is the Twitter account at Fox Sports the Gambler and iHeartRadio, so just search up the Gambler. And you can find this there. Uh, there's a college football podcast that I do with Joe Tanzi as well. Yeah, just all my stuff can be found there. And also follow me on Twitter at jjansen 34 I don't know if I've given you a big congrats yet, Greg, on your show. Congrats on the show. It's great to see you. And having a, a mutual friend, Mark Drumheller, on the show I saw recently. So great to see you doing bigger things, man. You do an excellent job and always great when I get to come on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. And Mark is actually going to be a weekly guest for us on the Greg Peterson Experience. Does a great job with the UFC. Does a great job on the college football slate as well. A man that delivers great insights over there at Yahoo Sports. I believe that he does a little bit of work over there at the Gambler as well. So great to have the Philly connection going on out here in lovely Las Vegas. And always great to get John Jansen aboard as well. Does amazing work. Take a look at not just the MLB, but on top of that, all forms of football and football as well so a big thanks to john jansen for joining me right here on the baseball betting show now part of the visa family podcast coming up next it is that time the podcast to give you fix and analysis on every game on the betting board for this mob sunday as we touch them all at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. 
The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler aboard. He does an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball, but on top of that, I know that he's doing great work also with the NFL season upon us, taking a look at some college football, and so much more. So, great to be able to get him aboard today. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note know that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. We're going to be going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's get started with 951-952 on the betting board. It is the Washington Nationals. If they're other facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies, as Aaron Supernola goes for the Phillies, and Anibal Sanchez is on the bump for Washington. Washington between a plus 255 to a plus 265 underdog, and between minus 295 and minus 305, the number on the Phillies. And if you're looking at that run line, it is minus 140 on the Phillies, with the total of 8 over and under both at minus 110. And I needed at least a plus 258 with Washington Nationals, and... We're backing Anibal Sanchez again. These numbers have just gotten absolutely ridiculous. How the Washington Nationals have been able to have this success with Anibal Sanchez on the mound, I have absolutely no idea. How Anibal Sanchez is getting starts in the big leagues, I have no idea. But somehow, someway, both have been somehow working out. Like, it's a complete mystery. Anibal Sanchez giving up two home runs per nine innings. He has been issuing right around 4.3 walks per nine innings, but... He hasn't been absolutely crushing over the course of his last five starts as a buck 71 ERA. What the Nationals have done that has been smart is that they haven't overextended him. They really haven't had him go more than six innings in any of these starts. And the bullpen has been relatively solid other than the time in which they wound up blowing that four-run lead in the ninth inning against the St. Louis Cardinals. They've been able to do a really solid job as... For the Washington Nationals, you've got guys like Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards Jr. They are older guys that in the bullpen have been able to do a rock-solid job. Hunter Harvey 
has a sub-3 ERA. Erasmo Ramirez has been able to deliver some good innings. And Mason Thompson is a good long guy with a sub-1 ERA. So there are some building blocks in this bullpen. And then on the flip side, for the Philadelphia Phillies, they are missing Corey Knebel and Sir Anthony Dominguez. That does wind up hurting them quite a bit. They still have a relatively solid bullpen of their own. Brad Hand has been able to do an incredible job along with David Robertson. And for Aaron Nola, things have not been the same this season as they have been for the entirety of his career. For his career, he's got about an ERA, a point lower at home rather than on the road. Complete reversal this season. 285 road ERA, 384 home ERA. And the reason why, 12 home runs given up in 89 innings at home, 5 bombs in 88 in the third innings on the road. The strikeout numbers are the same. The walks numbers are relatively similar as well. And Aaron Ola, he's given up about 1.2 walks per 9 innings. That's been one of the best marks out there in the big leagues. But for the Washington Nationals, they entered into this weekend series having scored 5-plus runs in 8 out of their last 10 games. And for the Nets, the guy that I really think has been the difference maker, Joey Manessis, a 30-year-old journeyman that wound up going deep once again yesterday, sitting about a 330. It has been an incredible story. Luke Voigt, he's been able to supply 19 home runs. And then Alex Call is sitting about a 275. Luis Garcia, Eliarmo Vargas, they're moving the line. And then Cesar Hernandez throwing their Nelson Cruz, Lane Thomas, trio of guys in between about a 240 to 250 for the Philadelphia Phillies. We talked about with John Jansen. You don't necessarily have a lot of guys going yard right now. Kyle Schwarber, 36 home runs for the season. He's been a little bit cold in terms of the ball recently. Reese Hoskins, 25 plus home runs, but they just wind up moving the line as Nick Mayton, Gene Segura. These two guys sitting between about a 285 to 295 along with Alec Bohm when he's been out there. Garrett Stubbs has looked solid. JT Remito since the beginning of the month of July has been hitting above 300. Bryson Stott over the last 35 days hitting right around 300 as well. So I do think that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to be able to move the line, but they are lacking that deep ball. And for the Washington Nationals, they have presented value every single time Annabelle Sanchez is taking the mound. How? I have no idea, but I do think that the Washington Nationals going to get to Aaron Nolan, which has been a spot where Aaron Nolan has been not so great at home. I'm willing to take the big Mondo plus number here with Washington Nationals. It's up I told an 8.3, so looking over as well. 953, 954 on the betting board. The St. Louis Cardinals pay a visit to Pittsburgh against the Pirates as Mitch Keller goes for the Buccos and Jose Quintana faces his former team for the Cardinals and the Cardinals in between minus 208 and minus 215 favorites. In between plus 185 and plus 195 is the number on Pittsburgh. Eight is the total. Over and under are both at minus 110. And when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, I needed a plus 192 to be able to take a shot on them. And you know what? We've been able to get there. Mitch Keller has looked better in recent starts. Meanwhile, you do have a Pittsburgh Pirates lineup that I recognize has been very bad. But they do have familiarity with Jose Quintana. Quintana has been able to pitch relatively well at home this season. When he was with Pittsburgh, he had a sub-3 home ERA between his time with the Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. A 245 home ERA, as a matter of fact. So... He's been able to do a solid job on that front. And ever since getting to the St. Louis Cardinals, it's not like Joel Quintana has been some sort of a flamethrower or anything like that in his seven starts. He's been posting up 315 ERA, so relatively on par with what he was doing over at Pittsburgh, but has been able to do a good job of just being functional and then turning it over to the bullpen. But for the St. Louis Cardinals, packing on along Genesis Cabrera, two of their longer guys, currently deal with an ailment. They do have Ryan Elsley. He's been able to post up a sub-250 ERA. Giovanni Gallegos has been relatively solid, and you still have a long guy and Andre Pallanti, they're able to rely upon him. Them for the Pittsburgh Pirates, J.C. Young, he's been able to do a solid job all season long. But for Mitch Keller, what has always been an issue for him has been the walks. And this season, he's been still giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings, but it's been a little bit better on this front. 
just towards the back half of the season. He's given up just two home runs over the course of his last four starts as well when he has faced off against the St. Louis Cardinals this season. It has been touch and go. Has made two starts, giving up 13 hits and nine in the third inning. So Cardinals have been able to get to him. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, you've got a duo of guys that have really been able to go yard and Paul Goldschmidt, coupled with Nolan Arenado. He combined 63 home runs entering into the game on Saturday with Goldschmidt hitting about a three- 25 Nolan and Renato in that pocket, about a three iron. Then Corey Dickerson, Brandon Donovan, both of these guys hit a 290. You've had Tommy Edmond do a solid job moving the line. Albert Pools has not been playing every day, which has been a little bit of a bummer because he's right now chasing 700, and I do think that there's a chance that he does wind up getting there this season. But you do take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it has been all about Brian Reynolds. Reynolds has been able to go deep over 20 times. He and a few others have been able to do a solid job of moving the line as Reynolds. It's about a 255, and then you got Cabrian A's, Ben Gamble, Michael Chavez hitting between a 235 to a 245. Whenever Kevin Newman has been out there, he's been able to do 270, but he's been a little bit banged up recently. That has hurt them. And then you got guys like Topico Medicano, Gregory Allen. You're able to go down the list of failed catchers for the team, hitting a 225 or lower. That has been a little bit of an ailment. And then once you get outside of J.C. Young, who's been very good in this bullpen, it's been a little bit of a fall-off. Colin Lillerman is currently not with the team. That is not too terrific because he was actually doing a relatively solid job when he was out there. And then on top of that, you got guys like a Manny Benuelos, who's actually been relatively okay recently, but not a guy that I necessarily have a lot of faith in. And then you're able to go down the list of guys that have north of five ERA that has not necessarily been too terrific for this bunch. But I do think that Mitch Keller starting to turn over a new leaf. And I do think that the familiarity factor is so important because I do think that it's a Pittsburgh Pirates team that is going to be able to get to the gentleman that wound up serving for the team a little bit earlier in the season in Jose Quintana. So I'm going to be willing to take anything of a plus 192 or greater with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I do find saying that total is 7.8 with the way that Keller has been able to pitch. And it is a little bit of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So looking at the under and looking at the plus price with Pittsburgh. 955-956 on the bank board. The Miami Marlins, they play us in New York Mets as Dybal Walker goes for the Mets. And Asu Cesardo is on the bump. For Miami, Miami's between a plus 120 and a plus 130 underdog. Between minus 135 and minus 140 is the number on the Mets. 7 is the total. With the over at minus 125 and the under plus 105. And when it comes to Taiwan Walker and company, I do feel like they should be a bit of a favorite in this spot. I want up setting them at a minus 142. So the minus 140 is pretty much a max I'm willing to lay. But I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Miami Marlins. Let's keep in mind that going into Saturday... Three runs or fewer in 30 out of their last 34 games. And they finally have someone who is active that has more than seven home runs as Garrett Cooper entered in the day with eight. So I guess that they've got a little bit of upward momentum going. But for the Miami Marlins, just still a very sad state of affairs. The only reason why we've been seeing overs with them last few days is because they've been also giving up quite a few runs as this is a Mets lineup that's very formidable. Jeff McNeil hitting at 320 for this unit. Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna throwing their... Francisco Lindor, all in between about a 265 to 275. Alonso led the big leagues in home runs on the road last season. He's got over 100 RBI this season. And then for the Miami Marlins, I mentioned Garrett Cooper. He's hitting a 265. And then John Birdie, Joey Wendell, hitting about a 250. But that's all that you've got with guys like J.J. Bleday, Lewin Diaz, Jacob Stallings hitting a 220 or lower. It's just deplorable. The Miami Marlins bullpen is not the world's worst. As Richard Blyer has been okay for this team. You've got Steve Oker posting up a sub-3 ERA 
when you got Uskada Blazovic out there. It could be a little bit tre- strenuous, but he's got a sub-3 ERA himself. And then on the Mets side of things, Seth Lugo has been better post-all-star break, posting up a sub-275 ERA. Adam Bonavino, along with Michael Givens, they've been able to do a solid job recently. Givens wound up having a very rough start to his New York Mets career, but over the last, we're going to call it nine or so appearances, I believe that he's given up just two runs, so he's been able to shape up a little bit more since that trade. They are looking at guys like Alex Claudio and Yoli Rodriguez for innings, which is not necessarily too impressive, but I do think that Tybal Walker is going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. You may recall, first half of the season, last season, he was relatively solid. Things went straight down the toilet bowl in the second half of the season, but Tywan Walker has been able to do a good job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up about .7 home runs per nine innings this season. He has actually a better road ERA than he does a home ERA, giving up seven home runs in 73 and a third innings when he has been on the road this season. I've seen a little bit of regression recently, but it's pitched well against Miami, 249 ERA across his four starts. And then for Asel Cesardo, does a great job being able to get swings and misses. North of 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but has a 478 home ERA compared to a 254 ERA on the road. That is a little bit troubling, and I do think that that could wind up hurting him just a tad as for Lazardo. He himself does a good job keeping on the deep ball. Six home runs in 72 in the third innings. Surrendered his big thing has been giving up right around 3.4, 3.5 blocks per nine innings, but I do think that we're going to get another low-scoring Miami Marlins game. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Set my total at 6.6, so looking at the 7-under and with the Mets, one will lay up to a minus 142 with them. 9.57, 9.58 on the betting board. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. They play us this Cincinnati Ivy Reds. Justin Dunn is going to look to get her done for Cincinnati, and Brandon Woodruff is on the bump for Milwaukee. Milwaukee between a minus 270 to a minus 280 favorite. Between plus 235 and plus 245 is the number on Cincinnati. It is the total. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And when it comes to Milwaukee, I was willing to go up to a minus 233 with them. This number has just gotten a little bit out of whack as... For the Cincinnati Reds, it's not been the world's greatest season for them. And for Justin Dunn, he does have his walks issues throughout his career. Has been giving up in the neighborhood about five walks per nine innings. But take a look at what Justin Dunn has been able to do recently. And it has not been too bad. He's been able to get these Cincinnati Reds to the window. And now three out of his last five starts. Giving up three runs or fear at each out of his last four. Now, we'll say that he only went north of five innings in one of those starts. But Justin Dunn does a good job of being able to lend a little bit of deception. His swing and miss stuff has been okay this year. Seven half strikeouts per nine innings was better at the minor league level. And he's done most of his pitching on the road. 398 road area compared to a 704 home area, which I find to be somewhat laughable. But opponents are just at 225 off of him on the road. And for Brandon Woodruff, since coming off of the injured list, he's given up more than three runs in just one start. And he's given up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five. Brandon Woodruff has not been the problem with the Milwaukee Brewers and the fact that they went straight down the toilet pole post-All-Star break and post-trade deadline. But 222 home area, 433 road area. He's done a good job of being able to keep things under control himself, giving up about 2.6 walks per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate in the pocket about 1.15, 1.2, but I like the way that he's been able to perform since coming off the angel list, but the Reds do have a very good top of the lineup. The bottom, when you get into guys like Austin Romine, Aristide, Sakino, Jose Barrero, these are not guys that you're able to trust in. Chucky Robinson has been not great as well, but Jake Fraley has been able to hit about a 255 Kyle Farmer, TJ Fridell, Jonathan India. In between a 265 to 275, you got a little bit of power with these guys. And then Donovan Solano is failed at 300 for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hunter Renfro, Roddy Telez, Willie Adamas, all at least 24 home runs. But you don't necessarily have that table setter as you do have Renfro. 
throw in there Christian Yelich, Jace Peterson, Mike Brasso. They're hitting between a 252-260 and been able to get a little bit of production. I'm guessing here is when he's been out there as well, but he's been missing the last few days for this lineup as well. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they just don't necessarily have set roles when it comes to the bullpen, and that has been a big detriment ever since the Josh Hader trade. And Josh Hader, by the way, he has been terrible, but now you've got guys that have no idea when they're going to be up and pitching. Devin Williams has been terrific, giving up three earned runs over the course of his last 43 appearances, but Brent Suter has been all over the place this season. Taylor Rogers has been posting up an ERA of a 470 overall for the season, and that has just went even further downward. With the right around of 569 ERA with the Brewers, Brett Boxberger has been relatively solid, but when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, even though the bullpen has been overall for the season really bad, They've been able to get better production recently. Someone like Ian Gabo has been able to provide right around a four ERA along with Buck Farmer. Alexis Diaz has been able to do a nice job as well. A case where the Milwaukee Brewers have gotten a little bit overvalued. I needed at least a plus 233 to take a shot on the Cincinnati Reds. And good gosh darn it, we have gotten there. So I'm going to be taking a look at Cincinnati being able to get this Mondo Plus number. And I did want to say my total at a 8.2. So it's a circumstance where I'm also going to be taking a look at the over as well. 959-960 on the board. The San Francisco Giants going to be playing against the Chicago Cubs as Wade Miley goes for the Cubs. And John Brebbia is on the bump. For the San Francisco Giants and what sets up to be a bullpen game and case where this game is off the board because John Brebbia was not announced until after the team wound up getting the job done on Saturday. But that said, when it comes to the Wrigley Field win, it's very interesting in that it's going to be blowing in towards the beginning part of the day. But once you wind up hitting first pitch, it is going to be blowing out and it is going to be blowing out very heavily, which is why I want to say my total appropriately. Very high. 10 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at the over 10.5 prior to the under end. With the Cubs, set them as a minus 125 favorite. It's both a positive and a negative that Wade Miley is a pitch contact guy. He typically does a good job with his ground ball rate, but also when you've got the wind blowing out like this, that means that he is a little bit more prone to the deep ball. But he's given up just one home run in 23 innings this season in his minor league rehab appearances because it was his first start in quite a while when he faced off against the Reds on Tuesday. Gave up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of four innings. He had looked relatively solid, but never has been a guy that has been able to give too much swing and miss. Has not been able to do so this year, and he has given up 10 walks in 23 innings. But this is a Giants bullpen that they're in the bottom eight in terms of ERA this season. John Brebby has been, honestly, one of your better options. Sub-3 ERA for him. Camilo Duvall, he's come in, he's fired a sub-3 ERA along with Alex Young, Charlon Garcia. Not necessarily great for him, but Junior Marte is probably going to be seeing innings. Tyler Rogers, this is not what you want if you're the San Francisco Giants. And for the Giants, they've been about a league average lineup this season, despite the fact that they don't have a lot of home run power. Jack Peterson has really been the lone guy to be able to go deep with north of 20 home runs as He's also been able to hit a 270 for this bunch. You've got Luis Gonzalez, Tommy Lastella, throw in there a few other options like a Wilmer Flores hitting between about a 235 to a 255. Mikey Stremski has been unable to move line. J.D. Davis has been relatively okay. And plus also break Joey Bart has not been too bad, but he doesn't necessarily have a lot of home run hitters with this team. And for the Chicago Cubs, they're currently down their main two matchers in Wilson Contreras 
Patrick Wisdom, the two guys with 20-plus home runs for the team, but they still have guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. David Bodie, Alfonso Rivas, Christopher Morel, hitting between a 238 to a 245, and then C.A. Suzuki, 335-ish on base. Ian App, he's been able to do 275, 17 home runs for him. Nico Horner, he's done a solid job for the Cubs. Not like this bullpen is great because they did wind up trading off a lot of their main bullpen pieces like Michael Givens, David Robertson at the trade deadline, but Rowan Wick post-all-star break. Has looked a bit better after he entered into that all-star break. Not looking great, but Jeremiah Estrada is someone that you really don't want to be trusting. And Michael Rucker, Manuel Rodriguez, these are guys that are not necessarily so great themselves. I do think that even though neither offense necessarily lends a whole lot to really get jazzed up about, neither does the pitching on either side in this one. I do trust in the veteran and Wade Miley a little bit more, and I do give a little bit of an edge to the home team in Sunday Night Baseball as well. Do you mind him saying the Cubs minus 125 as a result, and like I said, 10 or less, going to be looking at an over 10 and a half higher to the under 961-962 on the board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Colorado Rockies. Ryan Feltner is going to be going for the Rocks, and Zach Gallen is on the bump for Arizona. Arizona between a minus 162 and minus 170 favorite between plus 143 and plus 150. The number on Colorado, 10.5 to 11 is the total. On the 11, under is minus 120. The over is even on the 10.5, over is minus 115 to minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. Semi-total at 10.8. I'd rather have a 10.5 over rather than an 11 under. Zach Gallen has been incredible. Six straight starts without an earned run. It is an amazing ride, but it was also an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they, along with the Colorado Rockies, both entered into Saturday night's performance with a bottom six bullpen in terms of ERA. Neither of these teams have been good in the pen. As for the Colorado Rockies, credit where credit is due, they pitch a little bit better when they are at Coors Field. Even someone like a Alex Colome has an ERA that's nearly two points better when he is at home rather than on the road when he's been healthy. Lucas Gilbreth as well. Daniel Bard has been that way in the bullpen as well. But for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Joe Mantiply, Ian Kennedy, they both have a 360 ERA or better, but got a lot of guys have just let this team down. Caleb Smith, Reyes Maranta, Kevin Ginkle. You're able to go down the line of guys with north of a 470 ERA. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they do a great job of being able to put back to ball when they are on the road, averaging right around 1.35 home runs per game when they are on the road, compared to right around 0.9 at home. If had Jake McCarthy be able to move the line, inning at 295. A few guys that need to pick it up in terms of batting average in general. Guys like a Gerardo Perdomo, Jordan Luplo, Cooper Hummel. They have not been great towards the bottom of the full, but Dalton Varsho, north of 20 home runs. He, along with Alec Thomas and Ketel Marte, hitting between about a 242-250. Christian Walker, north of 30 home runs himself. He's hitting north of a 260 post also break. And then for the Colorado Rockies, they hit about 45 points better when they are at home rather than on the road. Got someone like CJ Cronu. He has been absolutely magnificent at home. Being able to slug out 20 home runs at home, 7 home runs on the road. Brandon Rogers has been one of those guys with big splits as well among his 11 home runs. 10 of them have wound up coming at home. So I do think that the Colorado Rockies are going to be able to get their offense going a little bit more against a guy in Zach Gallen that I mentioned the recent success and against Colorado this season overall has been able to do a very solid job as against the Rockies. He has been able to pin up a 2.52 ERA across four starts. I just think that trying to continue this incredible streak in Coors Field is going to be a little bit tough. And Ryan Feltner, I think, is going to be giving up his as he's posting up a 5.71 home ERA compared to a 5.94 ERA on the road. So hasn't really mattered where he's pitched. It's just not went well from in general for Feltner. His home runs per nine rate, that's in the neighborhood about 1.5. 
been bad both at home and on the road. Giving up about three walks per nine innings. Not too great of a swing and miss guy. Getting about 7.8, 7.9 strikeouts per nine innings. And I think that both of these teams are going to be giving up there. So I think that Zach Allen has a massive pitching advantage in this circumstance. Set him as a minus 184 favor. If you're looking at the run line, you're finding it at a minus 110. I was willing to go up to about a minus 125 on the Diamondbacks. So willing to lay the run and half with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think that they get to Feltner for a big number. So on the 10 and a half, willing to go over to go along with that run line. 963, 964 on the bidding board. It is the LA Dodgers. They are on the road. They're facing off against the Slam Diego Padres as Joe Musgrove goes for the pods. And Andrew Heaney is on the bump for the Dodgers. Dodgers between minus 118 and minus 125 favorites between plus 105 and plus 110. The number on San Diego 7.5 is the total. The over is minus 115 to minus 125. Under is between minus 105 and plus 105. And I did wind up saying my total a 7.3. So taking a look at the under end with the Dodgers. This team has been a machine all season long. Among their 94 wins thus far this season, they have been able to win by multiple runs in I believe all but 12 of them. It has been insane. The way that they've been able to cover the run line. I did wind up saying them. Minus 127 on the money line. And if you're taking a look at a little bit of a plus price on the run line. I needed at least a plus 138 to take a shot. Right now we're finding it in between plus 130 and plus 135. I would need a little bit more bang for the buck. But I would not doubt if this winds going upward a little bit more. Because the Dodgers, they open up right around a minus 150 favorite. Which was just a little bit unpalatable for me. But at this number, I do feel comfortable with them. Andrew Heaney he has had his struggles on the road as compared to at home. Overall for the season, Heaney has seen that regression. 294 ERA overall, 343 road ERA, 261 home ERA. And once again, deep ball is what's hurting Andrew Heaney, giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings. But strikeout numbers, they are supreme with him. He's been able to get 13 plus strikeouts per nine innings. And for Joe Musgrove, it's been very touch and go for him as in his last start, he wound up getting completely lit up by the Earth Center Diamondbacks. Now, team has won each out of his last four starts, but he's given up three plus runs at each out of his last three and in four out of his last five. So he has not necessarily been too effective, giving up eight home runs over the course of his last seven starts overall. And for Musgrove, he does pitch a little bit better at home rather than on the road. 308 home ERA, 324 ERA on the road. But at home, he's been giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. And this is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. And now he has to face off against a L.A. Dodgers team in which got Mookie Betts slugging out over 30 home runs. We all know about him. But Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo, all these guys hanging between about 16 to 19 home runs. Max Muncy as well. They have been terrific with the power. Turner and Freeman both hitting above a 300. Justin Turner, he's been hitting well above a 300 since the beginning of the month of June. Will Smith, 20 home runs. He's able to supply a 350 on base. And for the San Diego Padres, they're fourth worse in the National League in terms of runs per game at home. They've been dealing with Brandon Drury being out of the fold. Juan Soto just has not lived up to his billing with the San Diego Padres. Entering into Saturday, he was still doing a relatively solid job of being able to get on base, but hitting at 223. With three home runs over the course of his first 30 games, that's just not what you want him trading for. You do have him, Jake Cronenworth, Will Myers, Austin Nola, all these guys sitting between about a 240 to 250. Awesome Kim, a little bit higher than that. And Manny Machado has obviously been able to do his part for Josh Bell since he came over to San Diego. He's sitting right around 200 for the Padres. You've had Josh Hader look a little better, better recently, but that's been a little bit of an issue. Nabel Crispin has been solid in the bullpen, though. Sub-3 ERA, he's able to give you multiple innings. Robert Suarez has been able to do a solid job, and I do like Nick Martinez, but for the LA Dodgers, it's unsung heroes who are coming through for them as Alex Vasilla, Caleb Ferguson, 
and Evan Phillips posting up a sub-3 ERA. Craig Kimbrell has actually looked better recently. I still don't have any faith in him whatsoever, but you get back Justin Brule as well. It's been a little bit rough since he's come back, but I do think that he's going to be able to supply some good innings on the stretch as well, so I did want to say the Dodgers minus 127 on the money line. I do think that Joe Musgrove going to look a little bit better. I like the way that Andrew Heaney has been rolling him with the Padres. Their lack of offensive production at home and the fact that it's just a pitcher-friendly ballpark in general, I think is going to be keeping the scoring down just a little bit. So, looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the LA Dodgers. 965-966 on the board. It is the Boston Red Sox. And they are going to be on the road facing up against the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish is going to be going for the Orioles. And Rich Hill is going to be on the bump for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are slight underdogs of plus 105 to a plus 115. Meanwhile, minus 122 to minus 130 is the number on Baltimore. 8 to 8.5 eight is the total. On the NF, unders minus 115 to minus 120. The overs anywhere between even to minus 105. And when it comes to the 8, overs minus 120. Under is even. I set my total in an 8.6. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over. And I also want to lay up to a minus 135 when it comes to Baltimore. Baltimore, they wound up getting just completely smoked yesterday. But you got to feel like this team is going to be able to bounce back. They did not wind up using up too many trustworthy bullpen pieces. You've got guys like a Felix Batista along with, you know, Perez on Tate that did not wind up throwing yesterday. So that is of the advantage of the Baltimore Orioles. And when it comes to the Orioles, just great balance all across the lineup as you've got Cedric Mullins now hitting a 265. But on top of that, Austin Ace, Ramon Urias, Ryan Moncastle, Ryan McKenna, Anthony Santander, Adelie Rushman, only between about a 245 to 255 as it's been Santander who's been able to slug out 27 home runs this season. It's been a little bit rough post-all-star break for Mountcastle, hitting about a 200, but he's been able to supply about 20 home runs this season himself. And for the Boston Red Sox, they needed a little bit of power outside of Rafael Devers, and Devers goes deep once again yesterday with 26 home runs, and they seem to be getting a little bit more because they did trade for Tommy Pham, and they've got Trevor Story back to full both of these guys between 16 and 17 home runs apiece, and got a lot of guys are able to move the line as Rafael Devers, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Alex Verdugo, throw in there, Christian Arroyo, they're hitting between a 280 to a 290, J.D. Martinez, over the last 15 days, he's been able to pick it up as well, hitting a 275 for the season, but really, ever since the beginning of the month of June, it's been a little bit touch and go, Kike Hernandez, Kevin Ploiecki at the bottom of the fold, these guys have not necessarily been too great, but the big fear you've got with the Boston Red Sox, this bullpen is not good, Edward Bizzardo, Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, Caleb Orr, Jurisic Familia, all north of five ERAs. Tyler Danish, he's back full. He's got more like a four ERA. John Schreiber has been okay for this team. And Akaza Sautamora is no longer with them. That's a little bit of an issue. Garrett Woodlock is able to give you multiple innings, but big time advantage goes to the Baltimore Orioles in terms of bullpen. And Rich Hill, he's the oldest active starting pitcher in the big leagues, 42 years old. Thus, his swing and miss stuff, it is way down this season, only getting about 7.2 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been significantly better on the road with a 399 road ERA compared to a 588 home ERA. And the deep ball, he's given up about 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but certainly not getting the swings and misses they used to. And for Kyle Bradish, he's been averaging 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings. He had a really rough start to the season, but you take a look at Bradish over his last five starts. He's allowed nine runs over the course of 28 and a third innings. Walks are still a little bit of an issue. He's been giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings in this time span, but... He has looked much better recently, so I'm willing to trust in the new look Kyle Bradish. I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 135 with Baltimore. So taking a look at that Orioles money line, even at an 8.5, we'll be taking a look at an over in this spot as well. As I said, my total at an 8.6, 9.67, 9.68 on the betting board. It is the New York Yankees playing with the Tampa Bay Rays as Luis Patino is going to be going for the Rays and Domingo Herman is on the bump for the Yankees. No cr- numbers currently up on this game, but I set the Yankees 
minus 137 favorites and made my total an 8.4 in 8 or less looking at the over 8.5 or higher to the under. I recognize the Yankees have had their faults on offense, but they're just a different offense when they're at home. They've been averaging right around five runs per game when they have been at home. They've been able to play five-plus runs in four out of their last six home games as well, even with this banged-up lineup, and Aaron Judge is just having a historic season. 55 home runs. He's in the running for the Triple Crown because he's hitting above a 3-4-12 on base. He's now getting intentionally walked a lot more because, well, rightfully so. He's right now one of the few guys they're able to move the line as they've been looking to Isaiah Kinnair for left a little bit at like the cleanup spot, and he is not a cleanup hitter as he's got like three home runs this season, but has been able to move the line. He, Miguel Andujar, in between about a 265 to a 275. Jose Trevino, when he's been out there, has been able to do a relatively solid job, and they do have John Carlos Santon back and fold. He's been able to do a solid job in terms of homers, but it's only a 215 to go along with his 25 home runs, so you need a little bit more there. Josh Donaldson has only been able to do about a 225, and then for the Tampa Bay Rays, they get Wander Franco back and fold. That's big as he, Randy Orozarena, along with Francisco Mejia, in between about a 258 to 270. Randy Orozarena and Isaac Paredes are really the only two guys for the Rays with a double-digit amount of homers between 18 and 19 home runs apiece. And you do have a couple guys like Jose Siri, Taylor Walls that they need to pick it up with regards to batting average. But if we got Harold Ramirez hitting a 320, Manuel Margot, Yandy Diaz, in between about a 290 to a 300 with Diaz, providing a 400 on base. And both of these bullpens have been superb. Both of these teams ranking the top six in terms of bullpen ERA for the Yankees. Clay Holmes has certainly had his trials and tribulations, but he, Ron Maranacchio, Wani Peralta, says he's been with the Yankees, so this excludes his time with Oakland, Lou Trevino. These guys are posting up a sub-275 ERA along with Lucas Lukey, and then for the Tampa Bay Rays, JT Chargois has been a little bit touch and go since coming off the injured list, but Pete Fairbanks has been tremendous as he and Jason Adam both posting up a sub-250 ERA and Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch. They're both providing right around a 3 ERA as well, so the Rays are going to be able to do a good job with their bullpen pitching, but got my question marks when it comes to Luis Patino, someone that just throughout his career, for one, hasn't really been able to stay healthy, two, has had command issues, Three, his strikeout numbers this year, whenever he's been at the big league level or the minor league level, they have been a little bit down. He's someone that a few years from now, because he's only 22 years old, he's got a whole heck of a lot of upside, but just hasn't been able to find himself at the big league level. Good stuff. Doesn't necessarily know how to use it. And then for Domingo Orban, ever since he wound up having that rough first outing against the Houston Astros, this guy's been relatively rock solid, giving up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts ever since then. And for Domingo Orban, been a case where he's been a little bit worse at home rather than on the road. 368 home area compared to a three roadie or I've given up right about 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but it's done a great job in terms of command. Two walks per nine innings, opponents are going to get 243 off of him, not necessarily getting a ton of swings and misses, but I do think that he should be able to give a little bit of a better start here than Patino, and I think that Patino could wind up struggling against a Yankees team that they just hit so much better at home. Somebody told it an 8.4, so 8 or less, looking at the over 8.5 prior to the under end with the Yankees, made them minus 137 favorite. Sign 69, 970 on the betting board. It is the Cleveland Guardians are on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins. As for the Twins, it is good old TV determined, which is why this game is presently off the board. I just have this as a bullpen game. I have no idea who the Minnesota Twins are going to be throwing out there because you figured it was going to be one Aron Sanchez, but man, I'm in super long relief a few days ago. That's not necessarily too ideal for this Minnesota Twins team, so we shall see how they wind up piecemealing things together, but when it comes to bullpen game against Shane Bieber, wind up setting the Guardians as a minus 150 favorite as for Shane Bieber. He has been making us all believers recently as he has now allowed three earned runs or fewer in each of his previous eight starts. He has really been able to go deep as well. 
going at least six innings in each of these starts. So that has been tremendous. And for that matter, I believe that he's won six plus innings in now each out of his last nine starts. Posted up a 274 road ERA and 16 road starts has given up 10 home runs over the course of 105 innings with opponents overall for the season hitting about a 230 off of them. So, said a nice job on that front 204 ERA over the course of its last five starts and against Minnesota this season in two starts he's allowed four runs over the course of 12 innings so has been able to do a solid job on that front. Meanwhile for the Minnesota Twins it's a league average bullpen. It's not great. It's not terrible. Giovanni Morin you've got to feel like probably going to be seeing a couple innings in this spot. He's been able to do a nice job since coming back. He and Johan Duran and Duran he throws 100 plus miles per hour. Both of these guys have been able to supply a sub 2-2 ERA. We've been seeing a little bit of regression when it comes to Trevor McGillie's ERA is north of four, and I would not be surprised if you wind up seeing a lot of Cole Sands, whether it be as a starter or a little bit of a bullpen piece, as he has went for three starts this season. He's got a 6.56 ERA, young 25-year-old that I do feel like has a little bit of upside, but at the minor league level, he was able to do a solid job with command. Got a few swings and misses, but he just finds giving up a little bit too much contact in general. That has happened to him at the big league level, or a Lopez is out in this bullpen, but for the Cleveland Guardians, they've got the best bullpen ERA over the last 40 days in all of baseball. It's Emmanuel Class A. It's been a lights out closer. He's posting up a sub-2 ERA. James Karinczak in the eighth inning. He's got a sub-3 ERA, and then Eniel De Los Santos, Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, sub-3 ERAs of their own. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they do rank in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, but 64-ish percent of their home runs, they have on it coming on the road, and you do have a trio of guys that have been able to give you 15-plus home runs, Josh Naylor, Andre Jimenez, both between 15 and 17 home runs, Naylor, it's been about a 265, but Jimenez throwing their Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, all these guys hang at least a 280 for this bunch. And you do have Ramirez, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, 26 home runs, 109 plus RBI. He's been tremendous. And for the Minnesota Twins, they are down a couple of key cogs as Byron Buxton along with Ore Polanco, two of their main home run hitters, have been out. But you do have a lot of guys who are able to move the line. Jose Miranda, Carlos Correa, Nick Gordon, all hitting it between a 275 to a 280. Gio Rochelle is to about a 265 along Kyle Garlick and Luis Arias. 375 on base. These guys have certainly been able to do their part. So as a result, did want to say my total at 8.4. I do think that the Twins are able to get to Shane Bieber, but I certainly do think that the Guardians, they're going to be able to hit around what is figuring to be a bullpen game. Would not be surprised if Cole Sands winds up getting the start, but I right now have it as a bullpen game. So one to lay up to a minus 150 with the Guardians, eight or less, looking at an over in Afrier. Going to be checking out in under as we go 971-972 on the bank board. It is the LA Angels. They're going to be in the road. They're going to be facing off against the Houston Astros as Lewis Garcia is going to be going for the Astros and Tucker Davidson. It's on the bump for the Angels. The Angels are between a plus 210 to a plus 215 underdog and between minus 240 and minus 250 is the number on the Houston Astros. We'll save you guys this time and just give out the run line right now. Finding that at a minus 120 on the Astros and I am willing to lay it. Was really willing to lay up to about a minus 122 in this spot, but I do think that you've got relatively solid value on the run line, even though the Astros have not necessarily been the world's greatest run line team. The reason why is because I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7. There's just really no faith I can wind up having in Tucker Davidson ever since he's come over to the LA Angels. It's been a 639 ERA compared to a 646 ERA with Atlanta. So either he's been bad or he's been bad. He had a strikeouts to walk rate of a sub one in both locations. 
thus far this season for Tucker Davidson. He's actually been a little bit better on the road with a 450 road area and four starts. One of those came at the drop, which wound up helping him out a little bit, but I mean, there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts as his strikeouts per nine rate is below six. His walks per nine rate is hovering right around six. He's giving up right around about 1.1, 1.2 home runs per nine innings. And for Luis Garcia, he's been giving up the deep fly as well, about 1.6 home runs per nine innings. 492 home area compared to a 306 road area. Last year, he wound up having a home area that was about one and a half points lower than his road area, so we've seen a reversal there in the big race. Why 13 home runs give it up? in 67 and two-thirds innings, and Mike Trout all of a sudden has been able to find it with this LA Angels team. As for Mr. Mike Trout, he wound up entering into the game yesterday with a home run in five straight games. He extended it to six. I think that that is a franchise record. This guy is completely in flames right now. He is on fire as he, Shohei Otani, Luis Ranifo, Taylor Ward, only between about a 265 to a 280, and Otani's got 30-plus home runs of his own. David Fletcher has been able to move the line, hitting a 260. Now, the bottom of the fold with the guys like Max Sassy, Kurt Suzuki, Andrew Velasquez, Mickey Monick, Joe Adele, Mike Ford hitting a 220 or lower. Not great, but that top of the lineup, it is a humming. And then for the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez, he just has not been himself the second half of the season, still providing a 395 on base with 30-plus home runs, but really, you look to Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, and Jose Altuve for the power between 20 and 23 home runs. Altuve, 375 on base. Bregman and Kyle Tucker in between about a 258 to a 268. Jazz McCormick has been able to pick it up a little bit more. It's been a hot and cold season for him. 13 home runs, hitting about a 240, but over the last 30 days, about a 345 on base. 275 average. That has been a little bit better whenever you've had Christian Vasquez out there. That helps in trade boom Mancini. He's got right around a 335 on base with some home runs, but with the Astros, you've got also a significantly better bullpen as you've got a lot of guys posting up a sub-3 ERA. Brian Abreu is at the top of the list along with Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek. These guys have been able to do a great job along Seth Martinez as well. Will Smith, since he's come over to the Astros, has been solid. Ryan Presley, Hector Neris. Both of these guys have ERAs between about a 3 to a 3-4. And then for the LA Angels, Andrew Wants has been okay with the bullpen. Jose Quiata, these guys are posting up sub 3 4 ERAs. Jimmy Harrogate, he's been able to do a better job in terms of the bullpen as well, but there's going to be a lot of bullpen expenditure, in my opinion, because I do think that our good friend Tucker Davidson going to get lit up in this spot. They've been using Jose Marte out of the bullpen. That's not necessarily been too terrific. And you take a look at the track record of Mr. Tucker Davidson. He has went north of five innings just two times this season. I think that this is going to be a short outing from him. So I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7, looking at the over. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the Astros run line. 973 and 974 on the bang board. The Detroit Tigers. They third face off against the Kansas City Royals. Brady Singer is going to be going for the Royals. And Tyler Alexander is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit between a plus 130 to a plus 138 underdog between minus 145 and minus 150. Your price on the Royals. 7.5 to 8 is the total on the 7.5. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105 on the 8. Under is between minus 120 to a minus 125. The over is any between even and plus 105. And with the Royals, I set them minus 194 on the money line. Pretty much anything of plus money. I was willing to take a look at the run line and we certainly have that as it's a plus 140. So I'm going to take that Mondo plus number on the run line. Brady Singer has just been nothing short of tremendous for the Kansas City Royals down the stretch. And you got a guy in Tyler Alexander that he's a little bit better than his 3-9 record would indicate as he's been able to do an okay job of being able to 
contain the walks with right around two walks per nine innings. Command is there, but he doesn't get too many swings and misses. Right around five strikeouts per nine innings. Home runs per nine rate is 1.6 because he does wind up allowing so much contact in. Just take a look at him on the road. He's given up 10 home runs in 32 innings on the road. He's made 11 total pitching appearances. He was coming out of the bullpen for quite a while and opponents are at 328 off of him. That is not great. And Brady Singer, he's been able to do a great job with his command as well. He's given up about 2.2 walks Per nine innings for Singer, 312 home ERA compared to a 383 ERA on the road. He has been giving up right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings when he has been at home, but sub two walks per nine innings as well. And for Brady Singer, it's been in good recent form. 303 ERA over the course of his last five starts. He's a lot of opponents at about a 260 off of him. He's faced some very stiff competition, though, going up against the Dodgers a little bit over a month ago. Wanted going up against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. So he's been able to do a great job of being able to be able to get through all those landmines. And with the Detroit Tigers, we have seen them really erupt with their bats. Four plus runs in each out of their last four road games, but they have also given up at least four runs in three out of those four contests as well. I do think that Brady Singer is going to be able to put a little bit of cold water on what we've been seeing as Cody Clements, Akil Badu, Jameer Candelario, Spencer Torkelson, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnard, all guys hitting a 220 or lower now. I will say Eric Koss. He's made a about a 255 along with Riley Green. And you've got Kerry Carpenter and Aero Castro both hit above a 275, but still, you don't have a single player on the team hitting for more than 12 home runs. And for the Kansas City Royals, not like they've got the deep ball going themselves as Salvador Perez and Bobby Wood Jr. between 18 and 20 home runs apiece. Both of these guys hitting between about a 245 to a 250. MJ Melendez, you're able to throw in there Kyle Isabel, Ryan O'Hearn, Sebastian Rivero. You do need a little bit more out of these guys hitting a 215 or lower for Melendez, more around a 220, but certainly has not been great on that front. And for the Kansas City Royals, bullpen has been far from supreme. Amir Garrett is posting up a 5 ERA. You've had Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, both post up a sub 3 3 ERA, but Anthony Majevich, Luke Weaver, Colin Sider, you're able to get on the list of guys that have not been great. And for the Tigers, we've seen a little bit of regression with this bullpen as well. They've been used for so many innings that it makes sense. You've had Andrew Chafin, Jason Foley, Jose Cicerno, both up a 325 ERA or better, but Alex Lang has not been able to do a terrific job. Daniel Norris just should not be on an MLB roster right now. Gregory Soto has been a little bit hot and cold as well. Do you mind him saying my total at a 7.6? I would much rather have an 8 under rather than a 7.5 over because I think that Singer is going to be able to put out the fire that has been ignited by the Detroit Tigers lineup, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under, but with the Royals, I think that they should be able to win this game rather handily, so look at that plus price on the run line. 975-976 on the Board. It is each of Toronto Blue Jays. They throw it to face off against the Walker Texas Rangers. Martin Perez is going to be going for the Rangers to be determined. It's on the bump for the Blue Jays. This is a game that is off the board. Fan gripes a little bit earlier was showing Jose Barrios and if we do wind up getting Mr. Barrios versus Martin Perez, I will be setting the Blue Jays as a minus 118 favorite. It could be anyone at this point for the Blue Jays because yesterday was very, very harebrained and if it were to be a bullpen game, I'd probably set the Rangers as a very, very slight favorite. Now, with the Texas Rangers, their bullpen is spent after Koji Iohara wind up having one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a starting pitcher. He gave up 11 runs in three innings. That was just sad. But with the Texas Rangers, you've also got firepower when it comes to this lineup. Corey Seager, Nate Lowe, Adelise Garcia, Marcus Simeon. All at least 20 home runs for this team with Garcia, Simeon, Seager hitting between about a 242-250 and Nate Lowe hitting a 300. Bubba Thompson, he along Leody Tavares hitting in that pocket about a 282-285. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, you just got all sorts of landmines with this team. Boba Chet, Matt Chapman, George Springer, Vlad Guerrero Jr. All these guys have been able to provide at least 18 home runs 
for the team. And then with Guerrero Jr., right around about a 345 on base, along with Springer on that front. Matt Jamin has not been able to do a great job of necessarily hitting for average. He's done an okay job of being able to get on base, but Alejandro Kirk, he's hitting a 300. Maybe we without Lourdes Gurriel the last few days, but this offense still has more than enough power. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, I do like the way that the bullpen has been able to come along as Yimi Garcia, Adam Simber, the closer in Jordan Romano, Anthony Bass. These are guys posting up a sub-3-3 ERA to Mesa's in that fold as well. And then for the Rangers. Not like the bullpen was necessarily too great to start with, but it should be relieved a little bit more because Martin Perez has been able to do a solid job all season long. We are starting to see a little bit of regression with him, but still posting up a sub-3 ERA. The walks per 9 rate, he's still been able to post up a sub-3 on that front as well. 303 home ERA compared to a 265 road ERA is a little bit strange. And he has been giving up the deep ball a tad bit more, but even in his last five starts, 270 ERA giving up just two home runs over the course of 30 innings. That's big because you do have Brack Brock Burke, Matt Moore, pair of guys posting up a sub-3 ERA, but then past that, Dennis Santana has been a hot mess for this team. You've got other guys like Jose LeClerc, who's been touch and go, Jonathan Hernandez. He had a little bit of a good spurt in the month of August, but now he's starting to regress a little bit as well. They had to throw out their John King yesterday, so... It is a case where if you do wind up getting Jose Barrios, minus 118 on the money line for the Toronto Blue Jays, but it is very questionable as to whether or not he's going to be going in. If you do wind up having a bullpen game with the Blue Jays, probably would be making the Rangers a very, very slight favorite. And if it is Barrios versus Perez, eight or less looking over eight and a half or higher to the under bullpen game, probably up to an eight and a half or less looking at an over 977, 978 on the bank board. The Chicago White Sox at the road face off against the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's, and Johnny Cueto is on the bump for the Southsiders. White Sox. Anywhere between minus 158 and minus 165 favorites. Between plus 140 and plus 152, the number on Oakland. 7.5 is the total over and under both at minus 110. If you're looking at this White Sox run line, find that between plus 105 and plus 110. And that's what I'm going to be willing to nibble on. I needed at least a plus 103 to be able to fire in on the Chicago White Sox. So I am going to be taking a look at them once again in this spot with the Chicago White Sox. They're just really humming along ever since Tony LaRusa has left the dugout as they're posting up a record of 9-2 and without Tony LaRusa. And it's a White Sox team that still has not necessarily been able to generate a lot of power as Andrew Vaughn along with Jose Abreu, both hitting between 14 and 15 home runs apiece. They're leading the way in terms of the deep fly, but I mean, these two guys you're able to throw in there as well. Eloy Jimenez, they're hitting above a 288. It has been very impressive to take a look at there. Luis Robert, whenever he's been out there because he's been touch and go in terms of whether or not he's going to be in the lineup, he's been hitting nearly a 300 as well, but Elvis Andrews, ever since they picked him up, has been hitting nearly a 300. Gavin Sheets, A.J. Pollock, along Josh Harrison, hitting between about a 245 to 255. Guys just up and down the boulevard are able to move the line and they've got the best road batting average in baseball for the Oakland A's. Right now, one player that has seen more than 55 at-bats and is hitting above a 235. That'd be Sean Murphy. He and Seth Brown have been able to combine for 38 home runs this season. They do get LeBron Laureano back and full, but with Laureano, Vidal Machin, you're able to throw in their Christian Pache, Nick Allen, just go down the line of guys hitting a 220 or lower, and it's just deplorable. And for the Oakland A's, Danny Jimenez, Zach Jackson, they're both currently out of the fold due to injury in that bullpen, so they've been looking to a lot of A.J. Puck, and honestly, they've probably overused A.J. Puck along Sam Maul. They're both posting up a sub 3-4 ERA, Domingo Acevedo, more on a 3-5 in his ERA, for the Chicago White Sox, Jimmy Lambert, Reynaldo Lopez, pair of failed starters. They're in the bullpen. They're posting up a sub-3 ERA. Liam Hendricks continues to be a top-five closer in the league. Kendall Graben has been able to do a very solid job on that front as well. So I do think that the Chicago White Sox certainly should 
have a nice leg up with Johnny Cueto, even though his advanced numbers show that he probably should be getting hit a little bit harder than he is. He's been posting up right around Five and a half to six strikeouts for nine innings, but he does a great job in terms of command. Fear the two walks per nine innings. He's given up less than a home run per nine innings. And what Johnny Cueto has done a great job of pitching on the road. Buck 78 road here, a 389 home here. He's given up four bombs in 65 and two thirds innings when he has been on the road. And then for Cole Irvin, things are starting to regress from. He wound up having a massive start at home this season and still has great home numbers. 276 home here compared to a 518 ERA on the road. But take a look at the last five starts. Seven 45 ERA, giving up five home runs over the course of 29 innings. Not too terrific on that front as he's starting to give up the deep ball a little bit more at home as he's given up only about a half home run per nine innings at home, but this was right around like 0.2, just two or three home starts ago, so it's really starting to wind up going sideways for him, and I do think that the White Sox are going to be able to continue to ride this momentum. Something more around minus 164 on the money line, but needed at least a plus 105 to be able to take a shot on the run line. We have gotten there some by tell at 7.8 with Cole Irvin's recent regression and Johnny Cueto probably going to get hit a little bit as well. So looking over and looking White Sox run line, and we wrap things up with 979, 980 on the betting board of my DK Nation pick as the Atlanta Braves are on the road facing off against the Seattle Mariners. One Monaco Gonzalez is going to be on for Seattle and Dick Odorizzi on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta between a minus 115 to a minus 120 favorite. Even money to plus 110 is the number on Seattle. 8.5 is the total. The over and the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. DK Nation pick. I'm not going up against these guys. I made it the Atlanta Braves money line. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 145 with them. I recognize that Jake Odorizzi leaves a little bit of something to be desired between his time with the Braves and the Atlanta Braves. He's been giving up right around 1.15 home runs per nine innings, 2.6 walks per nine. The strikeout numbers aren't there, 390 ERA, but Marco Gonzalez should be getting absolutely tattooed right now. He's got a 398 ERA. The fielding independent is closer to five. 349 home ERA, giving up 11 home runs in 85 innings. The guy is not getting any strikeouts whatsoever. He's getting about five and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about three. Opponents starting at 270 off of him. This is someone that has been very, very lucky that he does not wind up having like a five ERA right now. And that's just calling it what it is. And behind him, the bullpen has been very good for the Seattle Mariners. As a matter of fact, it's been the best in the big leagues in terms of ERA since really the middle of June as you've got Eric Swanson, Ben Murphy, Paul Seawald, Andre Jimenez, all giving a sub-3 ERA in Diego Castillo. He's got an ERA of right around 350, which is actually relatively impressive considering after the first two months of the season, he wound up having his ERA be like 9, so he's been able to really be able to find himself ever since then. Matt Brash has resurfaced as a bullpen piece. He's been able to do a solid job with the Atlanta Braves. Just have this Seattle Mariners team completely outgunned with the lineup as for the Seattle Mariners, you do have a trade of guys. They'll be able to give you at least 22 home runs. Cal Raleigh, Julio Rodriguez, and Eugenio Suarez. Suarez and Rodriguez both right around about a 320-ish in terms of the on-base, closer to about a 330. Mitch Hanniger, he returns after he had 39 home runs last season, missed much of the season, but he is able to give the team a little bit of help. Sam Haggerty has been hitting nearly a 300, and Ty France has been able to move the line as well, but when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Ronald Acuna Jr., Michael Harris II, all hitting at least a 275 for this team, and you've got Austin Riley, who's been able to do a great job with the deep ball. 35 home runs. He had a stretch in which he had five home runs in six games. That dated back to right around about a week and a half ago. Von Grisham is hitting a 333 with this bunch. Travis Arno has been able to do a solid job. 
as well. Even someone like Robbie Grossman, you're able to get professional at-bats from him for the Atlanta Braves. Their bullpen isn't quite that of the Seattle Manners, but it's relatively close because Rossi Iglesias has been a nice addition. AJ Minter, aside from the Sunday Night Baseball synth that he wound up having a few weeks ago, he's been relatively solid. Tyler Matzik, Dylan Lee, pair of guys posting up his sub-33 ERA. Conley Jansen does wind up having his words, but even Jackson Stevens is able to give you multiple innings. He's been solid out of the bullpen, so I set the Braves minus 146 on the money line. I think that they get to Marco Gonzalez. This is a daytime game, so that makes it a little bit more hitter-friendly as well, so semi-total at 80.7 looking over, and the DK Nation pick. It is on the Braves on the money line, and that will wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at JunaNurse41. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.